Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hey, I'm excited. I have a word from the Lord. I want to talk to you about the joy of the Lord today, everybody. Can we talk about joy? Hey, here's where I recognize that joy, that the joy of the Lord is literally one of the greatest uh, evidence that you've been in the presence of God. Like one person says it like this, if you don't have joy in your life, there is a leak in your Christianity today. And I wanna plug the leaks, everybody. Uh, I was thinking about this one particular story. You, you guys remember the book called Chicken Soup for the Soul? Anyways, I was in, in eighth grade reading the Chicken Soup for the Soul. There's this one particular story that the author says, and it's about a story of a police officer who received a, a call from the operator over the radio that says there is a black SUV that has just been stolen. Well, the operator never gives a, a license plate number or what's the description or the make of the model of this black SUV. So anyways, the officer is like, we could never figure this out. And about five cars ahead of the officer, as he's driving down the road, there's a black SUV. And in the back of the black SUV, there are stickers all over the back in the bumper. One was, what would Jesus do? Another sticker was the, the, the sticker of the church that that person attended. But also, there was the fish that represents Christianity. And as the officer began to just ponder, oh, there's another black SUV, but that's probably not the one that's just been stolen. The, the driver of the black SUV started to honk at people, yell at people, roll rage, flicking people off. And the officer said, that car has to be the one that has been stolen. Because what's coming out of that guy's mouth does not represent what's on the back of the car. So the officer pulls the guy over and the guy angrily says, officer, why did you pull me over? I didn't do anything. I didn't, I got my seatbelt on. I'm not speeding. And the officer said, sir, this car must be stolen. This car can't be yours. By the way, you are talking and flicking people off and the stickers on the back of your car. And I believe this. We all know that the story ends by saying that the officers end up letting the guy go. It wasn't a stolen car. But the reason why he put him over, because what was on the back didn't represent what was coming out. And I really believe this, that you got to be careful that you don't carry the name of God and not carry the joy of the Lord. Can I tell you, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus today, you should be filled with the joy of the Lord. Come on, Radiant Church. Be filled with the joy of the Lord. Well, I have a word I want to share with you. It's found in the book of Philippians. It's a book about joy. It's the joy book of the Bible. And the Apostle Paul writes in the chapter, fourth chapter, in the first, the fourth verse says this, says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. Y'all know what anything means in the Greek? It means anything, everybody. 
uh, it says this, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's what's going to happen. And the peace of God, which is transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and in Christ Jesus today. Father, I pray that you may do what you always do. Take your word and speak directly to us. God, we didn't get up early this morning, get ready, get our kids up and ready to hear from a man. But God, we come here to hear from a God who can transform our situation with one word. So God, I pray that you may use your word to speak directly to your people. In Jesus' name, across all campuses, come on, and the people said, amen today. What I want to talk to you about joy today uh, the joy of the Lord is the theme of the book of Philippians. In fact, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote this book uh, to encourage the church at Philippi uh, that they can have joy. Um, and they, they were experiencing all type of things and persecutions of that time. And in fact, uh, the Apostle Paul literally is writing this, this scripture while he's in prison. He's in a situation that does not scream joy today. And it's a good reminder for you and I that we can be, we can have the joy of the Lord and not have everything be going right in our lives today. And I want to talk to you about the joy of the Lord today and talk about some of the great, one of the greatest attacks I really believe on joy and that is worry today. I want to talk to you about this joy because the joy of the Lord is something that we all need in our lives. Hey, I I think it's important that as we study the idea of joy, that we begin to understand that joy is available to all of us. And the joy of the Lord, it's not like a, it's not a happy feeling. Uh, it's not like a, you got to smile at all times, but rather joy is a perspective today. You see, joy is not ignoring your problems, your conflict, or your disappointments, or your struggles, Joy simply puts your problems and your conflicts and your struggles in its proper place. See, I think sometimes when we come to church, you know how we do in a church, like, like, you know, the joy of the Lord, just don't worry about your problems. I think sometimes we think that the joy of the Lord is the same thing as Bob Marley. Come on, somebody. Don't worry. Dun, 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 come on, about a thing. Come on, come on, let's sing it together, y'all. Come on, come on, because every little thing. It's going to be all right. Well, that's not the joy from the Bible, everybody. This is not Barb Marley, right? So really, the joy of the Lord is not you ignoring your pain or ignoring your battles today. And some of you, you come in here wrestling with real battles today. You come here wrestling with real problems today. You got some things that's that's causing you to lose sleep at night. So you all, we all have real life problems But the joy of the Lord says to our real life problems, you are not our God. So we don't really worship our problems. We don't worship our issues or our pain. We worship the God who spoke the world into existence today. And this is why we can celebrate and have joy in every circumstance. So you could be walking in here and life is good. Joy of the Lord for you. You could be walking here today and life is falling apart. The joy of the Lord is for you today. I want to let you know that the joy of the Lord says this, that I'm struggling, 
but God is still good. I'm weak, but God is still good. I've been diagnosed, but God is still good. I'm lonely. Mental health problems is wrestling and battling my mind, but God is still good. I ain't got no money and I'm broke, but guess what? God is still good. That's what joy says. Joy says God is still good in the middle of your problems and in the middle of your issues and the middle of your pain. Your God is still good today. That's what the joy of the Lord tells us today. And I love this joy that the apostle Paul talks about. So here in this particular text that we find ourselves in, the joy of the Lord, he begins to say in verse five, a a phrase that I really love. And the phrase is simple. He says, the Lord is near. Now, now this is really interesting. It's a setup that the Apostle Paul is doing for us in his text. He always do this in his writings, by the way. The Apostle Paul always kind of sets up, sets you up. And literally, he says this like simple statement, kind of passes by it. And he says, the Lord is near. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard that so much in my life. God's always with you. The Lord will never leave you, never forsake you. He's always by you. And that sounds good in theory. But for the people that was reading this text for the first time, the church of Philippi, this was a game changer. Because they, when they hear the word Yahweh or Lord, they connect it with the God of the Old Testament. Now, the God of the Old Testament is the God who spoke the world into existence. This is the God who literally, by the sound wave of his voice, spoke the world into matter today. This is the same God, when they hear the word Yahweh, it's the same God that split the Red Sea. The same God who allowed them to cross over into the promised land through a raging Jordan River. This is the same God, when they hear Yahweh, it's the same God that when they hit a rock in the middle of a desert, when they were about to die of thirst, water came out of a rock. This is the same God that was literally raining down biscuits from heaven, which we call manna. So when they hear the word Yahweh and then they says, oh, he's near, that was a game changer. Because in, 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 in their, their, their small-minded context, because Jesus had ripped the veil so that you and I can always have contact with the presence of God. But back in those days, they didn't get the chance to do that. And so now they have access to the Yahweh God of the Old Testament, and he is near. This was absolutely just contradictory to their thinking. And, and he says, the Lord is near. Now, I don't know about you, but like, like I, I love moments like this, right? Radiant church, a life-giving church, a, no matter what campus you're at, the moments the atmosphere is set. So it's really easy to say God is here in this church. But can I also tell you, God is also near you in the midst of your pain. Like God is near you in the midst of your job, that, that when life is going crazy at your job and your boss is driving you crazy, or God is near you when your kids are literally about to make you pull your hair out. God is near you. See, here, here's what happens. Oftentimes, we confuse the presence of God with the absence of problems. 
And God would tell us today that just because you have problems does not disqualify the presence of God today. And the Apostle Paul is setting up the church like, hey, by the way, no matter what you're walking through or walking in right now, God, Yahweh is near you. And because he's near, now he says the next verse, right? He's, he kind of sets you up like, okay, the God of the universe, Yahweh, he is near you. Like literally, your, your sin does not put space between you and God. No matter who you are here today, no matter what you did last night, guess what? Promise to you, God is near you. You are, you are, you are around God constantly. He is near you. He is fighting for you. And because he is near, here's what he says in verse 6. Do not worry. Now, I don't know about y'all. I can't stand what people tell me when I'm worrying not to worry. Like, that's the last thing I want to hear. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going through a lot right now, I'm overwhelmed with life and life is overwhelming. The last thing I want to hear is from you is not to worry. Like, like you, oh, don't worry about a pastor. Shut up. Okay. I don't want to hear it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to carry the weight that I got. You know, I'm like, you know what I'm talking about? So anyways, I, I can't stand it, but unless they have information that you don't have, that's when you can tell me not to worry. So a few, uh, a few weeks ago, my family were in our living room. I have two daughters, Jalen and Jada. Uh, Jalen is 13 and Jada is nine. And so, um, you know, my, my two daughters, they, um, uh, we, they say, hey, dad, let's watch the new Mario movie together. And so they had previously saw the movie in the theaters uh, with the mom, with, our, with my wife, Brittany. And so they were um, uh, watching this movie again with me in the living room. And so we're watching this movie. And, and anyone who knows me, I don't like conflict. I am not a conflict guy. So whenever there's a, a, the main character is about to die in a movie, I walk out. You know, <laughs> I, I can't take it. Or, like or, or when my sports team is about to lose, I, I walk out. I can't look at it. I shut down ESPN all week. I don't want to hear commentators talk about my team. Like, I don't want to hear nothing at all. Nothing negative. Count me out, all right? And so, literally, Mario and his brother are about to die in the Mario movie. So, I'm about to walk out. I'm out of here, right? And I'm just so upset. Like, I'm not watching this. Like, I'm not going to allow this movie to take away my childhood. Like, I grew up on Mario, right? They've already taken a blockbuster from me. They took Toys R Us from me. And now you're about to take Mario from me? No, you're not. I'm out of here. Keep this movie to yourself. You know what I'm saying, everybody? Yes. And my youngest daughter, Jada, grabs my hand and she says, hey, Dad, no, 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 don't, don't, don't leave. I said, I am not watching Mario die. This dragon is singing a song. Peaches, 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 peaches. Uh, I am not watching this movie. Here's what happens. My, my daughter convinced me and she ends up telling me how the, the movie ends and she gives it away. She says, Daddy, he don't die. And literally, she gave me insight to information that I didn't have because I didn't see the end of the story. And the reason why God can tell you and I not to worry is because your God has seen the end of the story. Your God knows how life is going to end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And this is why he tell you, don't worry. 
And I don't know about you, but I have a PhD in worry, y'all. Come on, somebody. I will go on a worry tangent like nobody business, y'all. I mean, I will just worry. I mean, when I had my, my daughter, my first daughter, my first child, and, you know, like, we're always in the end times. You know what I'm talking about? You know those people, like, we're in the end times. The world is just crazy. It's about to fall apart, right? And so I remember hearing all those people, and, and I went to a worry tangent, like, oh, my goodness, I'm having a child in these end times. What's going to happen with my daughter? She's going to go to a school, and, and, and then she's going to learn some bad stuff. And then she's going to grow up to be a criminal. And, and, and then she's going to get arrested. And then, and then she's going to go to prison. And, and then, like, the prison guard going to beat her because she was, like, had an attitude with them. And then I'm going to have to go beat up the prison guard. Then I'm going to get locked up. Like, I just start going through these, these worry tangents. Y'all, y'all laughing at me. Come on. Come on, every campus. Y'all laughing at me. But y'all go on y'all same worry tangents, right? When finances get a little low, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get kicked out of my house, and then I'm going to be homeless, and then I'm going to be living behind Walmart, and then Walmart, and then the person that lives behind Walmart, the other homeless person going to steal my stuff, and then I'm going to fight him, and then we're going to go to a stabbing match, and then all that's going to happen. No, no, no. Finances is tight. <laughs> Things are just tight. Like, you, you go, you go on well, tangents with your, your relationship. Oh, my goodness. I mean, when you, me and my wife had our first argument, and oh, we're, it's going to end right now. No, 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 no. Just, it's just life and it's just marriage, right? Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can go on worry tangents. And the thing about worry, worry never progresses your life. Worry only depresses your life. And the greatest enemy uh, for your joy and of the Lord in your life is worry. I believe this, that worry has the ability to cripple you from you walking in your purpose and you're living the life that God has for you. There are books that have yet to be written because you're worried. There are businesses that have yet to be started because you're worried. There are positions and promotion that you have yet to walk in because you are worried. There are new relationships that God has for you, but you're worried about your past painful relationships, and so you think that's going to happen again. And so literally, God would tell you today, don't worry. Because worry literally will cripple you from being all that God tells you to be. And literally, the apostle Paul says, hey, the Lord is near. And the next statement he makes is this, do not worry. Because he knows, I know, and you know, that worry has the ability to cripple you today. And this is not to say that we don't have a life that is worthy of worry. Right, Any, anyone who's living a life that's of significance know that we have the potential and the propensity to worry because of the weight that we carry for life. The worry to meet the bills. Man, I just saw and I've been hearing about the rent price to live here in Tampa Bay. Worried. I, I'm, I'm a Miami boy, I am from Miami. And so I'm used to heat. But when I came here these last couple days, I was worried that I was gonna faint, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> worried, right? And can I tell you right now, we all have real life that's worthy of worry, but God would tell us today, as the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church, do not worry. Because we have a God that has access to the end of our story that you and I don't have access to. And we have to trust in his word over our word. And so literally he says this, do not worry. But then he gives us what I call weapons for worry. Come on, y'all, y'all ready for these weapons? The, 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 these are weapons for your worry. 
I want to talk to you about these weapons. The first weapon that the Apostle Paul says is the weapon of prayer. The weapon of prayer. Y'all know that prayer is a weapon, right? Come on. Come on, every campus. Our God has given us prayer as a weapon. And prayer is communication with God. It's you telling your God about the things that's causing you to worry. It's literally you talking to God, and it's not literally like your last resort. It's your first response. That's what prayer is. It's like as soon as a potential worry comes in your life, you got to tell God about it. Like, don't wait. Like, don't try to carry the weight of your worry. Like, as soon as it comes, tell God. It's like the, the quicker your response to worry and you just giving it to God in prayer, like the quicker you do that, the longer your joy will last in your life today. As soon as it comes, overwhelmed, finances, God, hey, struggling, right? Hey, relationship problems, loneliness, uh, mental health, God, I, I need your help. This is what's going on. And, and prayer is not really telling God about your stuff. It's not only telling God about your stuff. It's really about you knowing that God knows about your stuff. That's what really what prayer. God's sovereign. He knows what you're dealing with. He, before you even tell him, he is a sovereign God. But what prayer does is that it reminds your soul that God knows about your potential worry. So a few weeks ago, I was um, standing my deck in my backyard. I had got many quotes uh, of standing my deck. And, and honestly, I'm a practical uh, Dave Ramsey financial guy. And, and, the, and the quotes were outrageous in Richmond, Virginia. And, and I said to myself, well, I can just paint my, my deck. That's what staining is. I can just paint it. So I went to Home Depot. I got me like one of those sprayers. I got me all the stuff for staining my deck. And, and I got up early one Saturday morning. I started staining my deck. And I was going back and forth in my garage. And I left my garage door open going to my backyard. And my garage is on the side of the house, and the deck is on the back of the house. And so I'm, you know, uh, going back and forth in the garage. And as I'm wrapping things up, I hear something slither, and I step on something mushy. Oh. Guys, a snake had came into my garage, a.k.a. the devil had visited the Jones house. <laughs> Come on, somebody. When I say, okay, let me just tell you who I am. I, I'm from Miami. I don't really work with animals, right? Rats, I'm running. Roaches, I'm running. You, 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 we know about roaches here in Florida, y'all. Come on. And, and so literally I, in the moment, I'm frozen with fear. And I had two choices to make. Choice one, be a man. Get a shovel. Take care of the snake yourself. Choice two, run inside your house and call your wife to help you. <laughs> I chose the latter, y'all. Come on, somebody. Come on. I run, babe, snake. And I grew up watching Anaconda. So some of y'all know about that movie. So I'm thinking that this massive snake going to Anaconda me, y'all. Come on. These massive snakes. And I, uh, babe, there's a snake in the garage. And she's from Chicago, so she ain't used to animals at all. And she's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know. Do something about this, babe. So we go into our garage. And at this point, we don't know where the snake went. And so we literally tear our garage apart. I mean, we throw everything. And then we see it at the corner. And its mouth is open, ready to attack. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm frustrated at my wife because she's not being a woman and taking care of it. 
She's frustrated at me because I'm not being a man and taking care of it. And my daughters, I'm frustrated with my daughters because they're recording it and laughing at me. And my wife says something. She says, Travis, our neighbor, he's from South Africa. And I said, babe, you're right. He's probably used to all type of animals. He grew up with this. Come on, somebody. And so look, I text my, my neighbor, Monty. I said, Monty, are, hey, are you, I, I didn't even tell him that I had a snake. I said, hey, bro, are you afraid of snakes? He responds back right away, LOL. Why, you have one? I was like, yes, I'll be right there. He comes over with his dreads and his South African accent, and he comes over and he grabs a snake by the tail with his hands, then grab it on the head. It's this black snake, and the black snake had ran around his arms, and he's like, oh, it's just a guard snake. He's not gonna do nothing. I'm like, a snake is a snake. <laughs> and he just easily handles the situation in 30 seconds, but before that, we have been frozen in fear for hours, figuring out what we're going to do. All we did was just tell our neighbor about our problem, and we knew that our neighbor was equipped to handle our problems. And the reason why we tell our God about our worry, come on church, is because our God is equipped to handle your worry today. He's been in every situation, every marital problem that you have, every financial problem that you have, every lack, every pain, every diagnosis. Your God is equipped to handle your worry today. So why are you carrying the weight of it? He's equipped to handle that thing. And so, and so he also says, he says, um, so do not worry, and the Apostle Paul says, about, but in every situation when the worry comes, by prayer, and then he says something else, petition. Now, petition is something different. Like, I always thought is that petition was like when you pray, pray. You know how, like, when you pray, like, over your food, like, that's prayer. Like, God, thank you so much for this food. But when you petition, you pray, pray. You change your voice. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Come on. You change your voice. In the name of Jesus, I call on God. You know those grandma's prayers for God, for you to move. No, 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 that's not. You're like, God wants your normal voice, by the way, you know. <laughs> so anyways, I was, uh, <laughs> I always thought that's what it means, but I began to look at the Greek word. And the Greek word, a petition is a formal request to a government authority. And here's where I recognize that petition, petition, check this out, petition can happen alone. Uh, uh, prayer can happen alone, but petition happens in community. You get that? Okay, so you, you guys know when they, you, you know, you've ever been to a store and somebody wants to have a new petition, right? And what they do, they go around with a clipboard and they get signatures. And, and the amount of signatures gives weight to the formal request that that individual is about to make to the government. They walk around with there, would you sign this petition of this change we want to make? Would you sign this petition? Would you sign this petition? Would you sign this petition? And here's what I recognize. That petition is when you, you come here on Sunday and you tell your fellow brothers and sisters, hey, I'm struggling. Would you sign off on this and tell God about my problems? And the more signatures you get is the greater the weight that the position has when it's finally presented 
to the higher authority. And the reason why the Apostle Paul says, hey, prayer is like alone with God, but petition is when you pray together as God's family. And this is why we gather. This is why we do church. It's because we can come to church every Sunday with your problems that's making you worry and say, hey, bro, I got, a, I got an issue at work. Would you, be, would you join me? Hey, sister, hey, hey, marriage right now is not good. We're not clicking. Hey, hey, right now, financially, things are tight. Hey, I've just been diagnosed and I don't know what I'm going to do. Hey, I just lost a loved one and I'm broken and I'm alone. I need God to heal me. Here's what happens when you gather. Here's what happens. You get to literally tell people about your problems and they take it to God. That's what petition is. It's a formal request with that needed signatures of God's community people. That is a game changer. If you pray and then you gather, here's why. You want to know why Radiant Church is launching campuses across Tampa Bay? You want to know why that, we're, that, that they're coming to the west side of St. Pete? You want to know why? It's because we want to create a community where people can come in and say, hey, we're, we're going to sign off on your prayer. We're, we're, we're going to be the community. Because the Apostle Paul who wrote this text, also in the book of Acts, he has this encounter with God. The Bible says this, that on a road to Damascus, he, he begins to be blinded with scales over his eyes. He encounters God, but yet his encounter did not lead to his healing. So he walks in his house by himself and he is there alone. And uh, he's there. And so here's what happens. He, the Bible says that a guy named Ananias comes and lays his hands on him. And that's when he experiences breakthrough, not by himself, but in community. Can I tell you, some breakthrough only happen in community. So this is why Paul says by prayer, and petitioned in my last point today is thanksgiving. He says, hey, when, when, you, when you have the worry come in your life, make sure that you give it to God in prayer. But then you give it to your people to, to take it to God uh, for, on your behalf. But then make sure you never stop giving thanks to God. When worry comes, you start praising God. Here's where I recognize worry is worship in reverse. He, because when you, when you worry, you worship a problem or a situation. But when you worship, you exalt God. The Bible says in the book of Psalms to magnify the Lord. Don't magnify your problems. Come on. Don't magnify your worries. But you magnify God today. This is why he says with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Can I tell you today, Radiant Church, I know you're going home to things that will cause you to worry. But can I tell you, if you give it to God and you give it to your people and you say to God, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give thanksgiving unto you. When you do so, game changer for your life today. Come on, everybody. Come on, can we give God a hand clap of praise today? Come on, would you stand to your feet today? I love it because it ends, this text ends by saying this. It says, he says, the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything but by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You want your joy to be guarded? Peace of God would do that. But you first got to give it to God. You got to be vulnerable and give it to your people. And you got to give thanks to God. Come on. Worship. It's worry in reverse today. 
And can I tell you today, some of you need to give God all the worship. So, hey, I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I say amen, let us practice right now of how to worship our God. Come on, right now, forget about your worries. Forget about your problems. And for this for 30 seconds, let's give God all the worship and all the thanksgiving when I say amen. Dear Jesus, thank you for this life. Thank you, God, that we can trust in you. Thank you, God, that you are a God that can allow us to experience the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. God, we give our worry to you. We say that you are God and God alone. We worship you and not our problems. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's worship our God. before y'all leave today. Maybe you are new to church. Maybe you got invited by a friend. You've been sitting here and this message was for you. You've been so stressed out, so worried because you've been doing life right by yourself, trying to hold all your problems all together yourself. And God didn't design it for you to do that, to try to do everything on your own. He wants to be in partnership. He wants to be in relationship with you. And so with every head bowed, every eyes closed, I want to give some people an opportunity today to surrender their lives to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I need help. I don't want to do this life on my own. I want to surrender my life to you. Because here's the truth, church. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. We've all fallen short. We've all gotten to this place where we try to do it ourselves. We've all sinned. But there was a solution to our sin. His name is Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for you, for me. And if it had just been you, he still would have gone to the cross because that's how much he loves you. And all you have to do is respond. All you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you can be saved. And we want to give you that opportunity today. So if that's you, in an act of boldness, I'd love for you to raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time, First time in a long time. Raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Be bold. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my past, my present, my future. Thank you for dying for me. Today I choose to live for you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, we all say, 
Amen. Can we give it up for those that just made a decision to follow Jesus? So many hands. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.